Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. BuzzFeed reporters Anthony Cormier and Jason Leopold couldn't believe what they were seeing. Secret government documents showing suspicious banking transactions all over the globe. Gold, diamonds, oil, every sector of the economy is besmirched by this dirty money. Get the full story on suspicious activity inside the FinCEN files. A new podcast available on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. All episodes are available now. I know why the schools are having everybody come back. They want the tuition. They don't want kids to uh, withdraw uh, if it's going to be online only. But everything we know about COVID-19 and how it spreads, colleges are, you know, the opposite of what you're supposed to do. I mean, I I refer to dorms as cruise ships on land. And, um, you know, you can't convince 19-year-olds to not party and to, um, to social distance at all times. So I think that the people in the sport right now, the people that are still playing, are still playing to play, feel one of the reasons they feel good and they feel confident is that they have done, for the most part, a pretty good job of keeping the uh, positive tests low within their football programs uh, recently. The problem is now, you know, they're not in a bubble anymore. And um, I think the the ability of those three power conferences to play football this fall will probably be decided almost entirely over the next month by whether they can, the players can, can manage to remain isolated from what's going on around them on the campus. Yeah. And then, and, and they're young people too, who got friends that are regular students have, you know, f- you know, uh, friends of the opposite sex that are regular students as well. So there's a big challenge there. I mean, would, would it have been possible? Would, would they have been better off Stuart trying to do, you know, all these schools that have the big time college football programs trying to do all remote learning so that they almost could kind of bubble the, the athletes there on campus or would that just look bad? Would the aesthetics of that not be doable because it's like, oh, this camp, this is okay for the players, but it's not okay for the students? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the best way to ensure that it, that you could make it work would be some sort of bubble. And I know that that's not you're not going to have an NBA style bubble with college players, but whether it's uh, you know putting them up in a hotel for four months or uh, you know, like you said, you know. Online, a lot of people are going to be doing online only this semester. A lot of schools are only doing online only. Uh, so it's not like that's only football players that are doing that. But I think from day one, there's been the optics they've had to deal with that if they do something that drastic, it's a, it's an admission that the athletes are not regular students. And so many of the NCAA's um, legal arguments and, and otherwise have always made that the, the central part, that they can't be – professional athletes that can't be paid, that can't be employees because they're students. And so um, 
that's that's understandable that they want to take that that approach, um, but it is going to make it that much harder for them. We're talking to Stuart Mandel from the Athletic, theAthletic.com, great college football writer. Stuart, the, folks have been coming after the Big Ten from all angles on this one. You know, whether it is Justin Fields starting his petition or parents of of players at some of the schools, media fans in general. Do you feel like, does the Big Ten deserve all this backlash they have gotten? I mean, I understand why they're getting it. I mean, it's not, look, at the end of the day, this is not some crazy uh, idea to cancel a fall sport. Somebody pointed out to me there's 1,200 schools in the NCAA across their three divisions, 1,200 schools and, and less than 100 are still planning to play. So it's not like the Big Ten is the only ones to think of this, right? Uh, but they did a terrible job explaining their decision. The Pac-12 that, you know, canceled the same day, and they put out their full uh, set of recommendations from their medical people. And if you read them, you go, oh, if this is what the doctors are saying, then, yeah, there's, there's no way they could play because they weren't going to be able to, to meet the testing requirements. And um, certainly they expressed a lot of concern in there about the heart conditions. We don't know what the Big Ten's medical people said. They never released it. Uh, Kevin Warren, the commissioner, uh, did not hold a press conference and not answer questions. He went on the Big Ten Network for about seven minutes. Um, and, and I think also the fact that they announced their schedule a few days before they turned around and canceled it. So I get it. I mean, look, players are going to be frustrated. They're, they're going to be upset that they don't get to play football this fall. I totally understand that. But I think they could have um, reduced, if, if not avoided, some of the criticism if they'd actually been more transparent about their announcement. Do you? Here's another one, too, because I, I am usually, Stuart, very – and I feel like you are too. I'm very pro the players' voices being heard, right? And it, but when it comes to because you hear this one all the time, man, the, it's the whole petition, right? And there's hundreds of thousands of signatures on this petition from Justin Fields. Players want to play, coaches want to coach. Let them decide. But to me, I just feel like these university presidents they can only only take into account that the student-athletes want to play so much, they've got to make a decision that is above that, right? Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, I'm not, don't mean to disparage the parents who are writing these letters to the Big Ten by any means, but, I mean, think about if they've taken that approach with their own kids, if the kids were, you know, when they were growing up, were like, I'm going to go ride a bike near a cliff. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that kid, yeah, that's what he wants to do. He knows the risk, so let him do it. You know, I mean, somebody in charge has at the end of the day has to make that determination. Um, the, the, you know, again, we didn't release the recommendations, but if they're doctors and they're, um, uh, you know, the health professionals, they consulted with said it is not safe to play. I'm sorry, but the school can't turn around and say, Oh, you can play if you want to. So, um, now the difference in the three conferences that are still going three power conferences are their doctors so far continue to maintain that it is safe. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, they have to listen to the doctors one way or the other. Does that? Do you have a? I think a lot of fans have a problem with that, right? Like that concept of, well, why are these doctors saying this? And I've heard the NCAA doctors. I know you. You had a couple of quotes on Twitter have come out and said really damning stuff about trying to play sports here in the fall. But then you have ACC and SEC doctors that are good right now. Is that? Does that bother you? And should it bother fans or no? Um. If there's one thing I've learned throughout the last five, six months as we've dealt with the pandemic is that doctors and scientists don't agree with each other about anything. Uh, you know, you'll see some study that gets reported in the news, and then a week later, some scientists, other scientists debunk that study. So it's not unusual for there to be disagreements in the medical community, but it's, a, it's not a coincidence, right, that 
you know, the, 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 the doctors seem to have an, the doctors in the states, in the part of the country that have been the most, um, you know, uh, pro reopening and, and whatnot about just everything to this point are the ones who are saying it's safe. And then the doctors in the part of the country and the West Coast in particular that have always been more cautious are the ones saying don't play. So you, talk, you can't separate that from the politics. And you know, I've tried to explain that to people recently. I mean, the, the political pressure in the state of Alabama, in the state of Georgia, in the state of Florida to play college football this fall is a lot different than here where I live in California, where there is no political pressure, where, if anything, if the Pac-12 tried to play um, at a time when the um, case rate is still extremely high in California, the politicians here would come down on them. So, you know, I, I, the doctors are not oblivious to that. Who wants to be the doctor who tells Nick Saban he can't play football this fall? <laughs> That's a really um, good point. You know, they're not operating in a vacuum. Really good point. All right, Stuart Mandel, TheAthletic.com. One last question. I notice you've kind of got, you know, your rankings now going in, and we've, we've now have only the three Power Five conferences. Two of them are out. And you've got the Tar Heels right there at number 10 at the end of the top 10. I mean, with three power conferences playing, let's assume they do play, is UNC a legit playoff contender this year, or are we, is, are we still a year or so away from that? Yeah, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves if we talk about that. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself even putting them in the top 10. But, it, again, we have to recalibrate. <laughs> yes. it's, it's top 10 out of, uh, you know, uh, 70 schools instead of 130. Yeah. Uh, they had a great, you know, very promising first season. I do think they were better than their record last season. And they bring, bring pretty much everybody back, uh, especially on offense and a great quarterback. So, you know, I think that the, the potential was always there to have a, a big second-year leap under Mac Brown. Probably getting ahead of ourselves. I'm probably jinxing them by saying top ten right now. It seems a little premature. But, you know, it was mostly an exercise that I did last week just to see what it looks like when you take away 40% of the field and, and I mean, you time. If I were the AP, I would do an AP top fifteen this year because some of the teams I was throwing in there at the bottom, were, <laughs> it was ridiculous to say they were top twenty-five teams. But you got to get them from somewhere. 